Harriet the Spy by Louise Fitzhugh. Chapter 4, Part 2. Janie lived in the garden duplex of a renovated brownstone off East End Avenue on 84th Street. Harriet rang the outside bell and pushed the door when it buzzed back. Janie was standing inside her doorway and she was in a foul mood. Harriet could tell just by looking at her. Janie always looked terribly cheerful when she was in her most angry mood. Harriet figured it had to be the way that the way that way because Janie's normal face was one of sheer rage. Today she smiled happily and sang out willingly, Hello there, Harriet Welsh. Things couldn't be worse. Harriet walked toward her tentatively, as one would a mad dog, trying to see Janie's eyes more clearly. But Janie whipped inside the door. Harriet followed her. What's the matter? Harriet whispered. They were standing in the little foyer off the living room. They're after me whispered Janie, still smiling wildly. wildly. Who? The Rat Pack. This was what Janie called her mother, father, brother, and her grandmother, who lived with them. Why? My mother says I'm going to blow us all up and that I have to go to dancing school. Come past here. Then they won't see us. Janie was hissing through her outrageous smile as she led them up the back stairs to what she called her lab, but it was really her room. One corner of her room had been stripped bare. The rug had been pulled back, exposing one corner where Janie had started to cut off the excess to get it out of the way, but which she had stopped doing because her mother had a hysterical fit. At that time, there was a large fight though, through which Jane, Janie grinned broadly, and her mother let her know that it didn't make a whit of difference if they didn't ordinarily have lap, rugs in laps. They catch fire, Janie had said, which had set her mother off again. Janie had a rug in her room, and it was going to stay there, and that was the very best she could hope for was to have it rolled back. So it lay there in a roll at the very end of the room. The lab itself was very complex and frightened Harriet whenever she looked at it, although she would never have admitted this to Janie. It consisted of rows and rows of shelves filled with bottles, all filled with suspicious fluids, and looking at them, you thought you would turn into Mr. Hyde if you drank them. Only Janie understood anything, whatever, about them, and she wouldn't explain, but instead called everyone a cretin who asked her. The maids wouldn't go near Janie's room, so years ago she had to learn to clean it herself. Harriet stood staring at all the equipment while Janie rushed over to something boiling furiously on a Bunsen burner. She fiddled with it and turned it lower, then turned back to Harriet. This time I may really get it, she said thoughtfully, and went over and flopped on her bed. You mean, yes. They may take it all away. Oh, they couldn't. There have been people before me who have been misunderstood. They could. And the way Janie said this with her smile dropped and her eyes boring into Harriet's made shivers run up Harriet's back. What would you do? Leave, of course. One thing about Janie, thought Harriet, she never has a moment's hesitation about anything. What is this about dancing school? Just wait, buddy. They're going to get you, too. I heard my mother talking to your mother. Who ever heard of Pasteur going to dancing school, or Madame Curie, or Einstein? Janie spit out the names. Harriet couldn't think of any spies who went to dancing school, either. This was a bad development. Whether they know it or not, I'm not going, Harriet said firmly. They will never get me, Janie said very loudly. Then, in a different tone, hey, Harriet, I've got to finish this experiment. That's all right. I've got some things to put in my notebook. Go ahead. Janie got up briskly and went over to her lab table. If I don't do it now, this thing will curdle. What are you making? 
There was no answer. There was never any answer when you asked Janie this, but Harriet did it every now and then just to be polite. It was something explosive. That was perfectly clear. Harriet sat looking around her for a while, at Janie's back bent attentively over her work, at the sunlight coming in the window, the late afternoon sun which looked sad and pleasant at the same time and which reminded her abruptly of New Year's Day last year. There hadn't been anything important about that day. She just happened to look at the sun in the same way. She leaned back on the bed. It would be nice to be here or somewhere like this every day. Maybe when I grow up I can have an office on the, and on the door it can say Harriet the Spy in gold letters. And then it can have an then it can have office hours like the dentist door has underneath it. It can say any spy work undertaken. I guess I won't put the price on the door. Then they'll have to come in and ask me. I can go there every day from 11 to 4 and write my notebook. People will come in and tell me who to go and spy on, and I can do that outside of office hours. I wonder if I will get any murder cases. I would have to get a gun and follow people, but I bet it would be at night, and I wouldn't be allowed out. Hey, Janie, if you were going to slit somebody's throat, wouldn't you do it in the dead of night? I'd poison them. Janie didn't even turn around. I bet you would, thought Harriet. But Janie, they'd just trace the poison. Not the one I've got. Did you make a new one? Yes. Harriet went back to her notebook. Well, maybe there's something to this chemistry after all. I could poison Pinky and no one would ever know. I bet they need some new poisons. But O'Golly says that in Washington, they've already got a little tube with a spoonful of something that will blow up the whole world, maybe the whole universe. What would happen? Would we fly through the air? In space, you just float around. I would be lonely. Oh boy, is that maddening. Janie stormed away from the lab table and sat down with her arms folded. What happened? Harriet looked up. I goofed, Janie said. If I'd done it right, it would have made a terrific noise. What would your mother have done? That's who the noise was for, silly. If they think I'll set foot in dancing school, they're off their rockers. Why don't you blow up the dancing school? Harriet asked sensibly. Oh, they just find another place to have it. I know this kind of thing. Once they get it in their heads, forget it. The only way out is to absolutely refuse. My mother hates to spend money. That's one thing. So if she can make a joke out of my not wanting to, then I'm in the clear because she can save the money. Harriet knew what she meant. Mrs. Gibbs tried to make a bad joke out of everything. Mrs. Welsh always spoke of Janie's mother as that smart-nosed Mabel Gibbs. Harriet thought to herself that one, she couldn't stand that kind of person who thought she was funny when she wasn't. See, if she can get across to her friends that the idea is I'm an impossible eccentric, then it won't be her fault I'm not in dancing school, Janie went on. As for me, I couldn't care less if I learned to dance. I've got a big picture of Newton learning the Charleston. Janie had a definite mind. That was one thing you could say for her. Harriet admired it. There was a knock on the door. Oh, brother, Janie said, and got up to answer it. It was Janie's mom. She gave her a big hoarse laugh as she came into the room. Well, 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 how's Dr. Caligari? She boomed out and laughed raucously. It's a good thing she laughs, thought Janie, because no one else ever does. Janie looked at her mother's stony face. Harriet did the same. That's my kid, a bundle of fun. And so saying, Mrs. Gibbs slapped Janie on the back with such a wallop that Janie almost fell to the floor. Recovering herself, she glared again, a hideous smile beginning to creep across her face. Yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, don't mean maybe. Mrs. Gibbs began to sing in her rollicking way while Harriet and Janie looked at the floor in, an, in a state of acute embarrassment. Noticing finally that she had no audience, Mrs. Gibbs stopped. 
Well, Harriet, she hollered, haven't seen you in a long time. Have a nice summer? Mrs. Gibbs never waited for an answer from children, thinking they were too shy to speak, which they always were around her, but zoomed on with her shouts. Talked to your mother the other day. Has Janie told you about dancing school? Your mother's all for it, and so am I. You girls need a few good graces, you know, turning into young women any day now. Don't want to be clumps on the dance floor. Nothing more embarrassing than a wallflower. Your mother's worried about you the way you move, Harriet. And she suddenly focused on Harriet, waking her out of her revere. Fast, Harriet said. That's the way I move. Fast. What's wrong with that? Mrs. Gibbs stared at her. Janie went back to her lab table. Mrs. Gibbs, not having any idea how to take Harry's com Harriet's comment, decided, as she always did, that the best thing was to laugh it off. She gave an enormous whoop of laughter. Harriet saw Janie's shoulders go up in a quick little embarrassed cringe. Well, now, aren't you something? Wait till I tell Harry that. You're as bad as Janie. She laughed a lot more for good measure. Well, we'll just see about that. I think you girls have something to learn. I think you have to find out your girls. I think we might just get together, all us mothers, and blast a little sense into your heads. Her hand was on the doorknob. And I don't mean your kind of blast, Dr. Jekyll. She started to open the door, and at that moment there was a terrific noise. Something on the lab table flew straight up into the air, and Mrs. Gibbs went through the door like a shot. Cheney turned around, and they both looked at the door, through which came several different screams and feet clattering as Mrs. Gibbs tore down the steps, screeching, Harry Gibbs, she's done it. Harry, come here. Harry, that maniac will kill us all. Harry Gibbs, come here. She's blown up the house. They listened to a whispered conversation in the downstairs hall after Harry had run out, saying, What? What? What's happened? After the whispers, there was an ominous silence, during which they must have realized that the house was still standing. Then Harry's voice, I'll go speak to her, and his feet beginning to climb. Harriet had no desire to watch Mr. Gibbs' tiny, pers perspiring face as he tried to cope with his daughter. It would only make it worse for him if she was there. I think I'll just go down the back steps, she said gently, going toward the door. I guess you better, Janie sounded tired. Don't give up, Harriet whispered as she left. Never, Janie whispered, whispered back.